Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey! Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. Let's go! The Morning Grind. Stevie, TPFL, and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Let's go! Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's June, it's the 27th of June. It's Tuesday and it is 2017, all mixed up there with the date. we got 15 games to talk about here on this Tuesday slate. My co-host today, you guys know him as Cheese is Good, Dave Potts. How you doing, my friend? I am doing great. It has been too long since we've done one of these. Yeah, man, and you know, I had you on some last year and... Um, you know, I know you're busy doing a lot of premium content, and you know, I I hate bugging people that I know are just you know pounding out content. You know, I just bugged the siege just because I know I can. So <laughs> he, he is okay to be bugged, just in general. I think that's fine with that. I think. Yeah, he's a good guy. I like I like uh, CJ, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to have you on here. We got a massive slate. We have some really top arms. We have some kind of. You know, borderline pitchers like this slate is like the perfect slate for me and you to talk about. Yeah, at first glance, it's um, it's pretty difficult in that you know nothing. It's not immediately clear exactly what the best way is going to be to build lineups. Um, yeah, like you said, there's a obviously starting with Scherzer, but there's a bunch of really good pitchers. But there's not. It's not totally clear what the what the optimal build is. So I, I like that. I like it when it's not everyone's going to be seeing the same thing. Before we get into these games, let's talk about our sponsor. If you guys haven't checked out PlayDraft, make sure you head on over there, check them out, playdraft.com backslash grinders. That way you guys get the 100% deposit bonus up to 600 bucks. They have best ball. Football is here for, for PlayDraft anyway, and you can do those slow drafts where you have eight hours to make a pick. You can do research in between picks. Research right here on Rotor Grinders on the main page right there. There's a best ball 101, so get started by reading that we're going to get started on the other hand by chicago at washington jake arietta against max scherzer seven and a half total scherzer a 169 favorite you already mentioned it you know we got scherzer against the cubs team that has kind of struggled this season um you know clear clear cut top option for you here yeah he's definitely the top option um i mean it's not even really that close it's only close when you take salary into account um i mean the cubs just aren't really that good uh they're they're fine uh, but they're not the kind of team that's going to scare you off a pitcher and he's just as much as we've got i don't know eight to ten guys in the 24 to 28 percent strikeout range Scherzer's at you know 35 percent. he's just better than everybody else so it's it's the clear play yep uh you get strikeout upside you get a cubs team bottom 10 in team woba bottom 10 in a lot of offensive stats against right into pitching this season you know, and Jake Arrieta, I just – I can't figure it out. I can't figure out what's going on with this guy. Um, you know, the XFIP and stuff suggests that we're going to see some positive regression. We're just not seeing it yet. 
Yeah, he's like, he's still pretty good, but you keep waiting for him to be like really good, but he's just not doing it. Um, he, he is super cheap uh, in certain places, um, but you don't really want to use a guy against the Nationals, especially if he's not, unless he's just like the best pitcher going. And I don't know. It's very uninspiring to, to use Jake Garrett, even though I don't really want to pick on him all that much either. This is a game that, you know, I had mentioned before we got started, there was just games that I just didn't love. Like, I love Max Scherzer in this game, but I can't tell you any pitch or any hitter on the, either team that I want to play from this game. Yeah, the I mean, the only – it's that old – you can always play Bryce Harper and Daniel Murphy in a tournament because they're really good, but I, I think there's better places to spend your money. Oh, there's just – like you said, there's better places to spend your money is all I need to know, like – there's nothing that just like pops out of the charts to me. There's nothing batted ball profile wise that pops out to the chart to me. And I feel for that reason, we just move on to Tampa at Pittsburgh. We have Alex Cobb against Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams was a semi-talented prospect, um, really hasn't shown us much in the majors. We look at the numbers and, you know, the lefty numbers, just limiting hard contact a bunch against a pretty left-handed power team here. Uh, what's your thoughts on Williams? Yeah, he hasn't looked good, but I still kind of, kind of believe in the guy. Like he was looked pretty good all throughout the minors. And like you say, he has shown that, I mean, it's small sample size, but really low hard contact to lefties. And I would, I more think the hard contact to righties will come down more than the other way around. Um, you know, the ballpark's not great for hitting. He he was a pretty big ground ball guy in the minors. He's still not really walking anybody. I just think he's kind of he's just kind of an okay pitcher that you don't you don't want to go out of your way to pick on probably. Even though uh, it's kind of there's going to be a bunch of these games where I say you can always play this guy in a tournament. You can always play Corey Dickerson and Logan Morrison in a tournament, but I don't really want to pick on Trevor Williams, even though he doesn't sound like an exciting name. <laughs> um, you know, Alex Cobb on the other side, you know, we talk about injuries and coming back from injuries all the time, and he just hasn't really looked right since coming back from injury. Um, this is a guy that before he got hurt, he was, you know, a, a top ace in the league, and the hard contact is just through the roof, and he's not getting ground balls. Like, I don't think we can play Alex Cobb, right? No, uh, I still – I. I really want to see him get back. I hate it when a guy is really a good young pitcher and just gets hurt. And then when he comes back, he's just not the same. Like regardless of whether you like the guy, you just, you don't want a guy's career sort of sabotaged by injury. So I would love to see him get back, but he's just simply not there right now. It took, it took a year for DeGrom to really get back to what we saw in his rookie year after being hurt last year. So, um, you know, it could take a year. You never know. Um, we're kind of seeing that with uh, Zach Wheeler right now. I think of the Mets. Just anytime I think of injuries with pitchers, I think of the Mets. So, you know, I, I think that it could come back for Alex Cobb. It's just not there right now. Um, is there any of these Pirates bats that are standing out to you here against Cobb? Um, boy, it's, it's every day it's like a I want to play a Pirate. It seems like they have a bunch of good matchups, but it's hard to like any of these guys too much. I do feel like – Polanco's kind of going to come around and Josh Bell is a guy that if he wasn't a first baseman, I would probably play him a lot more. He's just a tough guy to use your first base slot on. So probably won't, won't end up with any pirates. You know where you play Josh Bell? DraftKings arcade mode. 
That's where you play Dustell. Like he's always like fifty five hundred in arcade mode, and like he's one of those guys that I play in arcade mode like almost every day. It's just crazy, but yeah. Um, and then on the Rays side, you mentioned Dickerson's a top five hitter this year. I don't care what anybody says. Logan Morrison has really got into the whole launch angles thing, and I still think the guys on steroids. I don't care what anybody says, but um, that's just because I don't want to believe Logan Morrison is a guy that's going to hit you know forty home runs, but. The guy that kind of stands out to me here is Steven Souza. Uh, we get a reverse splits batter against a guy that's given up a lot of hard contact to righties. Like you said, small sample size. Uh, what's your thoughts here on Souza? Um, yeah, he's he's got a lot of power. Um, and it didn't – it's not like it came out of nowhere. I mean, he was supposed to be a really good hitter. He, he strikes out a ton still. Um, but, yeah, he does hit the ball hard against righties. I it's a guy like no one's going to play Steven Souza never. And he can hit two home runs in a game. Like he's that kind of guy. So he, he's not like, he didn't jump out on my list, but I totally understand the case for playing someone like him. Um, it'd also be, man, uh, they, Cerebelli got hurt, right? He's not even with the team right now. Yeah. He's, it's either uh Stewart or Diaz for the next 10 days. I love playing like guys like Smith against Cerebelli. You can't throw out me if I was trying to steal second base. Um, now you're faster than people would think though. Uh, well, you know, don't, don't let anybody know I got to win these bets, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Malik Smith is, is always going to be interesting. I mean, he's not, he's not like Billy Hamilton, D Gordon, but he's a big, stolen base threat i think he's I, I don't know much about you know i don't know much about trevor williams ability to hold on runners but um he's definitely a stolen base threat yeah um God, the pirates are a team i like to target usually because cerebelli is not that good i know garrett cole stinks at holding on runners but I, I have to look into trevor williams it's just not something that i do this early in research process we move on Baltimore at Toronto, 10 total here, uh, one of the bigger totals on the slate. This is in a nice um, hitter's ballpark, Kevin Gossman against Joseph Bagini. Um, you know, Gossman's one of those guys, just, he's so tough to figure out. He should be much better than the numbers, but he's just stinking this year. Yeah, this one's depressing. Like, this is a guy that uh, I was so excited last year when he finally, you know, kind of broke out. He was a super elite prospect. And then all of a sudden last year, it just looked like it was all coming together. And I thought it would be all systems go. And man, it's been ugly. He did get the strikeouts going the last couple starts, which gives you a little hope, but I mean, you just can't use him while he's, he's walking guys. He's getting hit hard. He's giving up home runs. There's, there's a lot to be worried about here, even though I still say long-term and long-term, even being this season, there's still a lot of ability here. But I, I need him to really show it for a while before I'm going to use a guy like that. Yeah, my problem with Gossman is like, you know, a team like the Blue Jays, you want to attack them with changeups and curveballs. And this guy throws his fastball 67% of the time against righties and 65% of the time against lefties. Like, that's just not the pitcher that I want to attack the Toronto Blue Jays with. And the, the swinging strike rate's under 10%. It's just nothing that. I look at what Kevin Gossman's going to tell me, play him against the Blue Jays. And I actually think the Blue Jays stack is um, something that I'm going to look at here on the slate. Yeah. Gaussman's been a reverse splits power guy. Um, so it's not really a benefit to him that they've got right-handed power. Uh, yeah. I think you could definitely play some Blue Jays bats. Um, any interest here in the young Bajini? Uh, no, he's another guy. I really do like him. Um, 
I mean, he's not walking anybody. He gets really good ground balls. His strikeouts are okay. He's a, he's a pretty good pitcher. Um, but this is just a slate. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of arms coming up on this slate that are just better than him. Um, I don't think you need to take that kind of a chance on this slate. The only argument that I think we can make for him is if Baltimore goes with like eight or nine righties here. Like he has a 60 plus percent ground ball rate to righties and a 20 percent strikeout rate. Like that's the case, right? Even though in this ballpark, you don't really want to attack this ballpark, but he gets eight, nine righties. Like that's definitely a favorable matchup for him over, you know, maybe somebody else that we're going to talk about later. Yeah. I mean, I would expect he, he should pitch a pretty good game, but you know, a pretty good game being, I don't know, six innings, three runs, five or six strikeouts, um, which I guess would be fine. Um, probably not on a site like FanDuel, but on a multiple pitcher site, that would be fine. He was the guy that I have written down because he's under 6K on DraftKings. Um, if you're wanting to pay up for Surzer in tournaments and you want to kind of be different, I don't see a lot of people attacking him, especially like, Anytime you pull up the game log and there's a negative game in like the last four or five games where people can actually see that when they click on their name, they hate yeah. playing that guy. So like this matchup, I think he's interesting for tournaments. Um, I think there's a ton of options for cash games. There's a ton of ways to go for cash games. So I think Bajini's in play. And then the Baltimore bats, anything standing out to you here? Uh, no, it's really not. I mean, this would be a spot I would play Chris Davis if he was healthy, which he's not. Um, yeah. I'm not going to search for my for my power here. Yeah, I, I like the Blue Jays stack. I already kind of said that. You know, the problem you know we run into with the Blue Jays stack is always: Do I play Smoke? Do I play Morales? Um, I can't really point you in the wrong direction. I think they're both in play. That's another arcade mode thing. You could play both of those guys together in arcade mode. But I like the Blue Jays stack. It's definitely something that I'm going to attack on this slate. And I love that they move Baptista up into the leadoff spot. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I wish more teams would kind of play around with their batting order in different ways. Cause I like that a lot. Yep. New York Mets in Miami taking on the Marlins, Robert Gesellman against Dan Straley, nine and a half total in Miami. Is there something that we need to know? <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty high total. Yeah. It's a little funky. I mean, I think they're probably planning on home runs for the Mets against Straley. Even if Straley pitches well, he'll give up some home runs. And I guess, Gaselman, it's it's gone a little wonky the last couple starts. So, you know, that line implies maybe they're thinking that's real. I mean, he's allowed seven runs his last two starts, um, which it seems fluky to me. I mean, that Dodgers start when all those guys hit all those home runs, I, I don't expect that kind of thing to continue. But that is a pretty big total for two guys that I think are pretty decent pitchers. They are. They're both kind of like those, like, you know, edge type of, you know, above average and below average. They're kind of like that edge of above average. Um, you know, I just – I don't think I could play either one of these guys. Um, I could definitely see myself playing some one-offs here. You mentioned some home run upside. I think there's home run upside on both teams. Um, you know, we'll start with the Mets. Straley has been excellent against lefties this season. His numbers against lefties are just – they're phenomenal. That's why I was really shocked by this line. He's a more of a fly ball guy, but, you know, 28% hard contact to lefties, 235 Woba, only one home run in 42 innings. Like, the Mets are full lefty power bats. Why is this line so high? Yeah, I I have a really hard time looking at this 
stat line of him against lefties and, and trying to figure out what's going to win out. I mean, this incredibly low BABIP and home run to fly ball, right? Like silly low, but I mean, it's a fly ball pitcher who limits hard contact in a good park. Like you can get lucky or fortunate or maybe call it just good um, as a fly ball pitcher with soft contact, if you're putting in just the right spot. So I still think I don't really want him pitching to Jay Bruce or Duda or any of these guys, but may, maybe that soft contact is enough that he's going to be able to keep the home runs down to lefties and the strikeouts I do think are kind of legit. I mean, that's, he's a pretty good strikeout arm. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't, I'm not seeing anything for the Mets. Like I guess Cespedes as a one-off, but are you really going to pay that price for Cespedes as a one-off when you have all these other good spots where, you know, Cespedes is in this ballpark. You mentioned this ballpark. It's a huge ballpark. If, if for some reason that in the middle or end of June, the Miami, Miami Marlins have the roof open tomorrow, like maybe that's why, but I just seriously doubt it because I live, you know, four hours from this ballpark and it rains every afternoon. So I, I, I yeah. doubt we're going to see the roof open. Um, the Marlins side – you know, you look at Gasselman here, and he doesn't have a big strikeout rate against righties, and he gives up a lot of hard contact and fly balls to lefties. Um, can we look at maybe a Stanton Ozuna bore here? Yeah. I mean, there's some – like, just the numbers alone would tell me I probably don't want to pick on him just because he gets a lot of ground balls. And even against righties, like, the hard contact is not bad. Um but maybe there's something to all these home runs he's given up recently. I mean, it was four home runs last game and two the game before. And, um, you know, he's had only one start without a home run since, like, the middle of May. Uh, I'm always interested in Stanton if the matchup even kind of looks somewhat friendly. And then Ozuna's been – I don't think people realize how good Ozuna's been. So – I'm always fine with him. He's kind of like the forgotten man there just because Stanton's the bigger name. Um, theoretically, if if that last Dodgers start hadn't happened for Gaselman, I would be saying, ah, we don't want lefties against him. <laughs> but, but then they hit, you know, four lefty home runs against him in the last game. Uh, so maybe you do, but I, I'm probably still going to lean on these numbers, which say, I don't know, he's striking out more lefties and it's the ground balls. Yeah, you can take Boar, but I don't. I don't love it. All right, we move on. Minnesota at Boston, ten and a half total here. Hector Santiago against Drew Pomerantz. Um, I, I typically will tend to mess around with Pomerantz in spots that I like him, and I just don't like this spot for him. Yeah, he, um, he really hasn't had that many great starts. Like you look at his numbers and think of his name, and you think. He's, well, he's got a lot of upside. He's really only shown the big upside like two or three times all year. And he gets himself in trouble a lot. Like he's kind of always pitching against himself with, even when he's pitching well, he just piles up pitches in a hurry. And the twins do have some power that should play well in Boston. So, you know, you can take a tournament shot on a guy at that price with that strikeout rate, but yeah, I don't, I don't love it either. Like, like you said, he's 7,200. Um, if he can get around Dozier, Sano, Vargas, uh, Grossman, you know, that's the, I guess, Jimenez, too. I, man, there's, man, the Twins, the Twins have been, like, sneaky good against lefties for a few seasons, and 
Um, you know, the well, as hard as Sano is hitting the ball this year, it's just, it's insane. Um, and on the other side, I'm, I'm guessing no Hector Santiago for you, right? I think I'll just say no and just leave it at that. <laughs> let's, let's hope, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. All right, let's talk twins bats. I kind of just mentioned the guys that are interesting to me. Sano, Grossman, um, Dozier, and then Vargas, if he draws a start, anything I'm missing here? No. And I, I would like to use uh, Jimenez again, but he started last night, so I they probably won't even start him again, even though it's a lefty. Um, yeah, Sano is just always a play, especially against a lefty and, and Dozier as well. Um, but I wouldn't go nuts with the Twins. All right, we get Hector Santiago. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the Red Sox just – so, like, Henry Ramirez scratched – or he wasn't even in the lineup, right? I don't remember if he got scratched. They, I, he like they put him in there for a second, and then he was scratched. I don't know what if they ever really even thought he was going to play. Yeah, like the problem with the Red Sox is we're just not getting a ton of power upside out of this team. Like they'll go out and score eight runs and hit no home runs, and it's just they're a tough team to target in DFS. Yeah, the the case for the Red Sox today, other than Santiago, is um, I mean this is his first start off the DL. And they've said they're probably going to give him 70, 75 pitches, which, I mean, you could fully attack Santiago anyway, but the Twins have one of the worst bullpens. Yeah. So if they get, you know, four or five runs off Santiago in three or four innings, and then they get the middle part of this bullpen, um, it could get ugly as, as far as the stack goes, even if it's not the one, one or two guys doing all the damage. Um, I, I could see them being the highest scoring team just because of that bullpen. You know, and something that, you know, you preach a ton and I talk about all the time is, you know, fly ball pitchers and Santiago, a uh, big fly ball guy, gives up a bunch of hard contact. Like, if there's ever a spot to play, like, a Mookie Betts, a Chris Young, uh, Hanley Ramirez, like, I guess even Sam Travis, another guy that showed a lot of power in the minors, um, really hasn't gotten it going in the majors. But what has Hector Santiago done for you lately? Um. Santiago, yeah. When a guy can't keep the ball in the park, and it's like just year after year after game after game, and there, there's no, there's no way he doesn't give up home runs to righties um, in almost any start. Especially, like, I don't even care who it is. Um, look at his home run numbers before he got hurt. Like he's got multiple three home run games. This season, um, I mean, Betts is a kind of jump off the page top play, and uh, Chris Young, I, I like I like a lot of these guys. Chris Young is twenty three hundred on Fanduel. Um, he could he could potentially bat in the top five. Um, they bat him second sometimes against lefties, and you know, even if you only get two at bats against the lefty, like they're more than likely just going to give the guy off uh, like a Brad Bradley or if they give uh Benedini, uh, they're just going to give him the night off at that point. If, if it comes to such a blowout that you're only going to get two at bats against Santiago and you know, it's six, seven run lead in the fourth or fifth inning, they're not going to pinch hit for this guy. So you'd be pretty safe to get more at bats against a bad bullpen. Like you mentioned. So a nice little value play there. We move on Milwaukee at Cincinnati. It feels like forever since Cincinnati has been at home. Um, Junior Herrera against Tim Adelman, nine total. Adelman's the most frustrating pitcher. I talk about it all the time. I can't figure this guy out. Um, you know, 
maybe you'll you'll shine some light on Tim Adelman for me here. You know, I think the case is that no one had like ever heard of the guy, and he had like really small sample size, bad numbers, and so everyone just started calling him a gas can. But he was never really a bad pitcher. Um, he's f he's fine-ish. Like he's going to give up some home runs, especially in this park. Um, but he's not he's not a terrible pitcher, and somehow he just got the reputation of this guy's a terrible pitcher. But I, he's he's kind of okay. All right, that's it's good enough for me. Um, that's a big compliment. He's kind <laughs> of okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, it's you know the, the numbers just suggest like this guy should be getting blown up, and he isn't. He just reminds me of a few pitchers that like you just think of off the top of your head. Um, I'm guessing you don't like Junior Herrera either. The Reds have been really solid against right-handed pitching this season. Yeah, I think there's a really easy game to skip the pitchers. Um, even if, I mean, even if the game is only you know five to four, there, there's there's not a big upside, and there is plenty of downside for both the pitchers. I just if it's not an elite pitcher in Cincinnati, I just I I, I hate taking pitchers in this ballpark. Like fly balls turn into home runs in this ballpark. It's just a small park. That's you know why we call it the Great American Small Park. Yeah, it's it's an easy easy skip. All right, let's talk Milwaukee. Um, you know, Travis Shaw has just been off to a career start. Um, Eric Thames, like, what are we doing here with these guys? I think you should probably be just fishing for home runs here. Um, and, you know, Thames, it it doesn't really surprise me that he's been streaky. Um, and I, I think that's going to continue. And so it's easy to say, well, he's – it's been – I mean, it's only been a week since he hit home runs like four games in a row. It's not like he's – it's weird to call a guy cold when you look back – Really, I think it's eight days ago he ended a streak of four straight days with a homer. So I'm very interested in, in Thames and Shaw in this park for home runs. That's probably where I'll stop with the Brewers. Um, I mean, his power is just totally legit, and I don't know what day he's going to start hitting home runs again. It could be it could be now. And we look at we look at Tim Adelman's like pitch arsenal. Um, you know, he throws his fastball. Um, let's see, sixty eight percent of the time, sixty seven percent of the time against lefties. Throws his change up twenty five percent. He mixes in a curveball about five six percent. So really, a three pitch pony um, against power guys. Um, not a big swinging strike rate outside of his curveball, but he just doesn't throw his curveball enough. So. I'm definitely going to have me some Thames and Shaw here. Like you mentioned, I'm going to chase those home runs. On the flip side, though, we look at, you know, the Reds here. Is there anybody standing out to you here for Cincinnati? Um, yeah, I think you've got to like the the lefties for power, um, Votto, Shebler. I think you can – I guess you could stack them because, I mean, Garrett really is walking a ton of guys this year, even though – you know, we're still looking small sample size with him because he missed several starts, and he didn't walk guys like this last year. But, I mean, he's got almost a 14% walk rate, um, and he's giving up to lefties, I believe, pretty high fly balls. I was trying to find out where that number went. 47%. Um, yeah, so 
yeah, Votto and Shebler would be where I would look, but I don't, I guess I don't mind the idea of a stack either. If you think that walk rate continues. He was a guy last year that his ERA, his Sierra was higher than his ERA. It's the same this year. It's, you know, 2.5 runs higher his Sierra than his ERA. So like, the BABIP isn't going to stay 212. He's going to start giving up some more home runs, and you know the walk rate is already hurting him, like you mentioned. So I don't hate the red stack here. They could definitely be sneaky, and in this ballpark, you know we could see five, six run innings. Um, so I don't hate the stack. I think I'm with you. Like Scott Shebler is a guy that I just love playing. You, you know, you talk about power. The guy just has raw power, and those are the guys that you know can have those two home run games out of nowhere. Yeah, he's he's another kind of underappreciated guy. Um, he hits the ball hard, and and the, the thing I like about the stack, um, I talk a lot about guys with high walk rates in a ballpark like this. If you're walking guys, you're just always going to be one swing away from a big inning, and they've got plenty of guys that can give you that one big swing. I mean, it can add Scooter Jeanette to that list. Um, even with the righties, Duvall can hit it out in a hurry. So. Um, but from like the hard hit perspective, obviously we know about Votto, but yeah, Shebler is uh, a strong dude. All right, we move on. Texas at Cleveland. 10 total here, Tyson Ross against Mike Clevenger. Um, this, the, God, the Cleveland Indians are scorching. Um, even, the, even the Rangers are hot too. We get two hot offenses. That's probably why this total's 10. Um, I'm guessing Tyson Ross is a no-go for you. He kind of shined some glimmer in his first start and then realized that he was Tyson Ross in his second start. Yeah, we, we need to wait on him. I, I, I had a little bit of interest in his last start. Thankfully, I didn't end up using him. Um, but so this is certainly not the place. Even if he was pitching well, this isn't the place I'd be using him right now. I agree. Um, what's your thoughts here on Clevenger? Um, I mean, the strikeouts are, are really nice. Um, but he is not pitching deep at all. And I don't totally believe this strikeout rate is going to keep up where it is. And the walks are a little questionable. Um, this isn't, this isn't the spot I want to use him either. You're not going to win this slate with four innings and six strikeouts. Uh, it's probably just, not. No, there's just so, there's just so many pitchers on this slate. There's a guy like, I'm, there's a guy later on the slate that I'm willing to go all in, and I can't wait to talk about him with you. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. But anyway. It's, it's Matt Cain, isn't it? Spoiler. You know better than that. You know I've never <laughs> played Matt Cain in my life. Um, <laughs> um, all right, Texas Bats. Um, Gomez is hot and Chew is hot. Like I'm playing these guys every day until they have an 0 for 4 game. Yeah, I think these these guys are – you know, Chew is actually – been hitting well all year um if you just look at the the raw numbers like i kind of i didn't expect him to come back this season i kind of thought he was done um but he's not done at all he's he's good still um i mean elvis andrews did home runs all of a sudden <laughs> like i don't know what's going on exactly um I'll always play gallo in the tournament i mean that guy speaking of strong people like i want to see him in sano like arm wrestle or something um odor i like I, I like a lot of these bats and yeah carlos gomez you know people maybe forget how absolutely elite he was a few years ago this was a 40 40 type of guy um it's he strikes out too much and he can go in slumps in a hurry but when he's on um 
man, he's he's good too. I I do like these bats. Pay attention to Gomez. Um, I really quickly checked the box score just because I wanted to see what the score was up to. And Gomez left the game early. I don't know if it's just because it was a high-scoring game or what, but the Shields came in. So pay attention to that. Make sure it was nothing injury-wise. If he's in there, I'm definitely playing. Because Beltre came out too. So I think it was just mm-hmm. maybe pulling the veterans. It's 15-9, to nine, man. Cleveland scored 15 runs after, you know, being down, what was it, 9-2 to two or 9-3 to three or something like that? Um, yeah, they got mad, and they got <laughs> And it was all these weird guys. It was like Chisenhall, Carlos Perez, and Zimmer did, like, a ton of the damage. I mean, Santana and Lindor played well. I mean, this whole team is just really great. It was the bottom of the order. If you stacked the bottom of the, the Cleveland order against Cole Hamels today, you made money. Um, because we're like, Chisholm Hall was the one guy I never even really considered today. Like, I thought about every Indians bat, but not him. And then he went like three for five, three ribbies or something. So he came up on my model this morning. I was like, why? And I looked at, he's actually been hitting lefties well this season. It was weird. Um, I, ex- I don't expect that to continue, but I was shocked that he came up on my model. I didn't play him, but yeah. But yeah, Indian stack um, firmly in play here against Tyson Ross. When Ross tends to get into a bad game, you know, he tends to get blown up. So a lot of hard contact in his first two starts, small sample size. We'll see what happens here against the hot offense. We move on Kansas City at Detroit. Uh, Matthew Straham against Justin Verlander. Nine total here. Verlander. Kind of started to put it together last start. It was it no hit through five, and then you know got gave up like three or four earned runs in the sixth. Um, you know, what's your thoughts here on Berlander? Yeah, so at this point, I mean, it's really anybody's guess if that last start was the start of another resurgence, like we saw last year. I mean, this happened last year when he was the beginning of the season was kind of ugly, and then he just went nuts in the second half. He was, you know, one of the best pitchers in the league for half the year. And the funny thing about it this year, like the peripherals look terrible. Like the strikeouts are down, the walks are way up. Everything looks worse, but his stuff has still been the same. Like his velocity is even up from last year. He's throw his, if you just watch him, like his pitches look like they're moving well. So it, it is believable that he could have another, you know, just all of a sudden I know where he turns it on. And maybe that last start was the beginning of that. Um, but honestly, I don't know. I wish I could just tell you, yes, it is, or no, it's not. Um, but I think you have to be interested in him in, in tournaments. I'm not going to play him in cash games till I see it again. Um, but it's certainly possible that that he puts another run together. Yeah, and you want to kind of be ahead of that run, too. You know, we're still getting him under 9K on DraftKings. I think he's actually nine under 9K on FanDuel as well. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, he's 9,300 on FanDuel. So, like, you want to be ahead of that run. If he gets hot again, you'll, we'll see him 12K by the end of the summer. So, he's a guy that can definitely go out and throw a bunch of strikeouts. So, I don't hate him in this spot. You know, Kansas City hasn't been really an offense that you really are concerned too much about. On the flip side, though, we got a young kid, uh, Matthew Stram here. The problem is, like, you just don't play lefties against Detroit. Yeah, I wish it was a different matchup. Um this is a really high upside young pitcher. Um, he's good. He's got like, good stuff. He reminds like he's almost like a young Chris Sale, honestly. Like this is a guy who could 
you know, five years from now, this could be the guy that you just have to play every start because he's striking out 15 guys. Um, but he's not there yet, and he's, his, he hasn't got his control figured out, and it's a tough team, and they're still kind of treating him gently, like they're not going to push him if he's struggling a little bit. Um, I, depending on what the Detroit lineup looks like, I guess I wouldn't mind sort of a long-shot tournament play on him because he's so cheap. Uh, but certainly more likely he, you know, walks a few guys and pitches four innings, gives up some runs. Well, you mentioned a lot about, you know, them not wanting to push him. I just, I, I like this guy, like his minor league numbers and everything tell me like this guy's going to be really good. It's just, I'm going to need to see 90 plus pitches in a start before I can consider him. I guess he's 4,900 on DraftKings and you make good points there. It's just, doesn't the pitch count concern you a little bit here on this slate where we just have so many pitching options? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming like five innings is sort of your best case scenario. Um, it's just, uh, he's so cheap. Like to get a pitcher with talent under $5,000 is really rare. So it, it's always going to jump out at me a little bit, but yeah, I'm assuming, you know, 80 pitches probably, it. I mean, through like 75 last start. Um, so everything would have to go just absolutely right. And with Detroit, it's unlikely to do that. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk bats here. Kansas City. Before I even let you talk, I'm sorry. I got to say, Salvador Perez, BVP, it's a thing. Perez versus Verlander is a thing. He's 23 for 55, uh, 10 extra base hits against him. Only seven strikeouts and 55 at-bats. So, all right. Had to get out there. I just okay. – it's just a thing. I always remember Salvador Perez against Verlander. I did not know that. I, I just pulled it up. And, yeah, it's uh, lo- definitely got a lock button, Salvador Perez. Uh, <laughs> the BVP. Uh, so, I mean, sometimes it can be a thing. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I know sure is, last week, a bunch of people yelled at me because I didn't talk enough about the Royals BVP against Chris Sale and, you know, whoop-de-whoop. Um, but I will say, you know, Alcides Escobar does not have good BVP against Verlander. So don't don't jump all over Alcides Escobar because I know you were thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave, I love working with you, my friend. <laughs> oh, man, Chesler Cuthbert is 0 for 8 <laughs> against Verlander. So another just – Excellent play there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if like if I really wanted to really quick, I could pull up the batted ball profile and something would probably stand out with Perez against Verlander. But yeah, um, any Royals that you're liking here against Verlander, you you know where I'm going. I do. Um, I mean, you know, honestly, as much as there is the case that maybe Verlander's put it all together, maybe he hasn't, and he just had one good start. Um, and I mean, he was he was pretty bad most of this year, so. Some of these Royals are pretty good hitters. I wouldn't stop you from playing someone like Bonifacio, uh, Moustakis, just just because. Um, but they're not really on my list. I'm sort of stretching for something other than Salvador Perez's lock button. <laughs> Bonifacio, that's another guy that just has massive raw power. And, you know, he's been hitting righties better than lefties. We'll kind of have to see how that plays out for the rest of the year. Um, anytime you get a young hitter, you just 
you don't know what to kind of expect when it comes to split stats. Uh, we'll just have to see how that plays out. We look at Detroit, though. Anytime we get Detroit against the lefty, like J.D. Martinez, Miguel Cabrera, J James McCann, all these guys kind of stand out to me. Yeah, so, you know, we'll look at this and say, I would want these guys against any lefty. Um, I don't actually love them against Strom just because of his strikeout ability, but like J.D. Martinez does kind of jump off the page. Uh, he's just killing the ball, especially against lefties. And we know we're going to see plenty of bullpen. Um, so, I, you know, I'd like to stick with the guys who can also hit righties, but that's most of them. Um, Martinez, Upton, all these guys still hit righties too. So, uh, And Castellanos also is a guy I've been playing often. Um, he's hitting the ball so hard, like good things are, are going to happen for him. So I don't mind really anyone in the top five or six of this lineup. Were you kind of sad when you saw um, – I got the note on my phone. I don't play a lot of baseball on the weekends because NASCAR. Um, I was really sad to see Chris Young get released by the Royals, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, you just always knew there was a, a chance when you got to the Royals' bullpen that you would get Chris Young for a couple innings and you'd get those <laughs> those runs against Chris Young. And I was, I was kind of sad about that. Yeah, he was he was fun. Um, <laughs> anytime, anytime he was on the road, I mean, even at home, but anytime he, he lost that ballpark edge, like, boy, he's an attackable pitcher. Um, I want him to sign with somebody like a, a great ballpark for hitters. Like, just sign Chris Young so we have that advantage again. That would be great. He'll stick around. People that tall don't don't go away quick. Hey, I'm tall, so I'm with that. Um, New York Yankees, Chicago White Sox, nine total here. Luis Severino against Jose Quintana. Quintana, um, Severino. Let, let's talk about this guy, man. He's really. This is kind of what we expected last year. It was a small sample size, but he's put it together. This is what you know. He was touted as a big strikeout arm. Uh, what's your thoughts here on him? Yeah, I, I mean, he's totally legit. I um, I like everything about him. He strikes guys out. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. He gets a ton of ground balls. He doesn't give up hard contact. I mean, there's not a single thing that I dislike about his skill set. Um, and he's not even priced that badly. Uh, like, he's considerably cheaper than Carlos Martinez. Um, you know, he's... Le it's almost the same, but less than Arietta and Verlander on FanDuel. Um, the White Sox aren't totally a pushover team against righties like they were at the beginning of the year, but it's still nothing special. Um, I think he's he has safety and upside. I, I just I just really like the guy. Well, you look at the White Sox lineup, and you kind of worry about Abreu, Garcia, Frazier, and Davidson, and then you look at Severino's numbers and. You know, 29% strikeout rate against righties, almost a 60% ground ball rate, and a soft hard contact ratio of 0.8%. Like, that's just – that's what we want, Dave. This is what we want against, um, you know, the bats that we're worried about. So, I like Severino. I like Severino a lot in this spot. I kind of hope he flies under the radar because his price is starting to come up. Um, it's definitely a guy that I'm looking at to play quite a bit here on the slate. Yeah, there's, there's just – there's nothing to dislike about him. Um, and he won't be like, I don't think anyone can be incredibly popular just cause there's, there's a lot of options kind of in that similar range. Um, he'll probably, he might be the second most owned pitcher, but I still don't think it'll be like an issue. So, um, yeah, he'll be on 
a lot of my teams. I, I would consider them in cash games um, on DraftKings and tournaments everywhere. If you're realistically in cash, um, I have no issue going from Scherzer to Severino. I know it sounds crazy, but if you're taking $3,000 and spreading it out for your batters and playing the SP2 that I'm going to talk about that I love, um, you know, it's just that's a definite way that you could approach the slate. And like we talk about ownership, like Severino, the name right under him, James Paxson, everybody is going to click that little green button next to Paxson against Philadelphia in Seattle. Like, that's just going to be a guy that's going to be extremely popular on this slate. We'll talk about him in a few minutes. Um, you know, on the other side, Jose Quintana, you know, he's starting to get to the end of his road. Um, you know, he's still not a terrible pitcher, but we're starting to see the regression really start to kick in. Um, probably this season or next season, he's getting close to the end of his career, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wonder if, uh, no one's going to play him against the Yankees. I was going to say, like, his last start was his best start of the year, so maybe people will try to get back on board. But we're finally seeing his walk rate start to come up, um, and he's not controlling the batted balls really anymore. Uh, it, you just, you can't use him tonight against the Yankees. It's it's just not even feasible at all. All right, let's talk about the Yankees. Um it took them a little bit. They they finally got to Holmberg a little bit in the middle of that game. Um, and, and what's your thoughts here? Because we're paying we're paying massive price tags for you know Judge and Sanchez, the big power righties here. Yeah, so it's it, when you come off a night where the chalky expensive plays didn't really go off, and then you come to a full slate and they're still expensive against a little bit better pitcher. Like I feel like. People are going to kind of leave him alone, um, which makes me very interested in paying up for Judge and Sanchez, especially uh, if Holiday's back in the lineup. Him as well. Like they they can hit Quintana. Like this is not a guy to avoid batters against. And with, with these really expensive bats, it really just comes down to if they're not going to be incredibly popular, I I want them on my team. So I. If I'm spending up for bats, those are the guys I'm looking at. Yeah, look at Tyler Austin too. I totally called his home run on the podcast yesterday. Um, I know he's you, Chris Carter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not going to strike out 15 times a game. <laughs> Actually, he has been striking out a bunch, but finally, finally got back up, got his home run. Um, you know, this is a guy that the Yankees love Tyler Austin. I was shocked when he didn't make the roster and they had Chris Carter in there at the beginning of the season. Um, this is another young guy that has power. Like it's just, man, how good are the Yankees going to be for the next five years? Um, as a Red Sox fan, it's hard for me to admit that, but I love, I love the righties here. Um, just cause like all the righties you're playing, like Castro left the game early. So he probably won't be in the lineup. Even if he is, don't play him. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. Just, you know, Take it safe, but like all the righties, Judge, Holiday, um, Austin, Sanchez, like all those guys, power, power, power. Yeah, it's it's a nice mix of any one guy can hit a home run or two, or they can sort of pile together stuff. Um, I'm still not crazy about just stacking against Quintana. I mean, it's not like he's a bad pitcher all of a sudden. Um, but if there's, you know, three bats that you love 
individually, then, I mean, yeah, maybe you just find the fourth guy to throw in there with them. There you go. Chicago White Sox, um, I want nobody against Severino. No, let's let's not do that. Let's move on. Oakland at Houston, Sean Manaya against Michael Fires. You want to talk about a team that just doesn't strike out this season. Um, some people will say it's going to regress. Some people are just going to say Houston is good. I like Sean Manaya, but I am definitely not playing pitchers against Houston. Yeah, don't use him today. He's a great pitcher. Like he's a guy I use plenty of, and most days I want to like him. But this this isn't um, the ideal time for him. Yeah, just you know, Houston's just been phenomenal. Like Manaya is a guy that you know, kind of a neutral fly ball ground ball guy. But man, only eleven point six percent ground or a soft contact rate against righties and against all these righties, like. This could be a massive issue for Manaya in the start. And Michael Fires, like, I know Oakland's not good, but Michael Fires has just not shown anything to even remotely think about rostering this guy. No, I mean, he's been on a really nice stretch. Um, but, like, the home runs are going to come back sooner than later. Uh, he was very unlucky to start with, with crazy home runs, but then he's been lucky his last four or five starts without any. Um I, th- I think you just skip the pitchers here. All right. Well, that's what I wanted to do. So I'm glad to hear that. Um, any Oakland bats standing out to you? Um, I, I'm certainly interested in Chris Davis. Uh, I mean, Fires has always given up home runs to righties. And like I say, these last, I think it's maybe five starts in a row. He hasn't allowed a home run. That's not going to going to continue. Um, he, he is a guy who gives up power. Um, so I, I would, I mean, you can play Alonzo or Joyce, certainly, but I do like the righty power of uh, Davis and maybe Healy. Yep, Healy, Davis, always in play. Um, just look, pulling up the batted ball profile to kind of get an idea. Um, fires, throws, fastballs about 48% of the time in the 89-mile-an-hour average range. And um, Chris Davis struggled with that pitch this year, but we looked back last year to get a bit bigger sample size, 333 ISO, 397 x against that pitch last year. So expect some positive regression coming on his numbers this year. So I like Chris Davis a lot. I like Healy. I love those calls. And like Alonzo, you know, we get it out of Oakland. Anytime you get Oakland out of Oakland, this team is a much better team on the road, and it has a lot to do with just playing in a massive ballpark. Um the Houston team, like, Shaman is a good pitcher, but I don't mind playing some of these guys as one-offs, these right-handed power bats. Yeah, like, Correa and Springer are both just crushing the ball against lefties, and neither guy is striking out either. Um, yep. Like, just their skill sets. It's still, anytime you're looking at versus lefties this season, it's still going to be a pretty small sample size. But both these guys have, you know, 40% hard hit rates and are striking out, like, 15% of the time. It's, it's it's they're just really good, so yeah, you can play them. Yeah, Notorious was on a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about Houston against lefties, and he was talking about since the start of 2016, Carlos Correa's ex woba was like a hundred points higher than his woba against lefties. So like, you know, woba only tells us so much. There's just so much more than just you know woba and average and all that stuff. That's why. That's why, Dave, we spend hours upon hours every day looking at baseball statistics. Um, we move yeah. on. St. Louis heading to Arizona. Carlos Martinez against Walker. Eight and a half total here, which is kind of low for a game in Arizona. Um, this is kind of a risky spot for Carlos Martinez. What's your thoughts? 
Yeah, the the total is kind of showing a lot of respect for Martinez and some for Walker, or maybe it's just the Cardinals' offense stinks. But um, so yeah, Martinez is clearly just a you want to take a risk and play to win kind of tournament option. Like if everything goes his way, yeah, he does have probably more upside than anyone outside of Scherzer, but the risk is pretty obvious and it's going to depend a lot on the lineup. Like that's one you're going to need to wait and see how many lefties are in there. Cause he's still a pretty big splits guy. Um, if for some reason he has, I don't know, six righties to go against, um, I'd be a little more interested. Um, but it's it's weird, especially on DraftKings, where he's kind of in his own pricing tier. Seems like he should be priced more with Severino. Um, I certainly can't pay twelve hundred dollars more for Martinez compared to Severino. There's zero chance. Like if Martinez goes out and puts up thirty points, I'm just going to lose. Like I'm just not playing him in this ballpark with a fifteen game slate with probably ten pitchers that I like on the slate. I just I, I can't pay. 11-3 for him. Like, I would play Paxton as chalk before I would play Carlos Martinez in this spot. I, I wouldn't uh, argue that. I, like, if someone wants to play Martinez, I understand it, but I, I agree. Like, he's he costs too much. He would have to be a lot cheaper before I would be using him here. Yeah, and they just gave Lamb a day off. They just gave Peralta a day off. They just gave Goldschmidt a day off. We should see the normal, whatever the normal, whatever the normal Arizona lineup may be, uh, we should kind of see... A normalized um, Arizona lineup. Yeah, they do not have a normal lineup. Yeah, I was going we'll to see it if they do. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Um, I'm guessing no interest in Walker here against St. Louis in this ballpark. No, I mean I, I do. I do like Walker. I mean I think he'll be back. I think people kind of forgot about him because he was injured. Um, he's a, he's a good pitcher, but uh, you don't want to use him at home on a on a full slate. Again, another guy that you know. Kind of couldn't just get it going with Seattle scenery, scenery change, and it was looking really good before getting hurt. So, as far as bats go, anything standing out to you for the Cardinals? I, I mean, you know, I, I love Matt Carpenter. Um, I will always consider him, but it's this team is not a very exciting offense just at all. Um, you know, you do. I mean, Jerko is always a power threat against righties. Uh, but I don't know. He doesn't really pop off the page either. I probably won't use any Cardinals bats. I'll, I'll have Carpenter somewhere just because I have to. It's in my contract. But that's about it. <laughs> so you want to weigh in on Carpenter batting leadoff instead of batting second and third argument? Um, the only thing I'll say about it is I have no idea, but <laughs> as long as he's hitting leadoff and he's hitting well, it doesn't matter. Like there's, you don't need to worry about trying to figure out if that's the reason or not. Just play him. Um, if he moves back down and struggles again, and you want to worry about it, then you can worry about it. But for now, regardless of which side you're on, you can just play him because he's good. For the for the sake of you and me, because you know I love Carpenter. He hits the ball so extremely hard, and nobody loves to play him. I hated playing him at first base when he was struggling. Like, I, I just wouldn't play him. I don't care if he had an amazing matchup. He moved into this leadoff spot and all of a sudden just started mashing the baseball, and I'll play him at first base every day. Um, I don't care. So all about matchups. Matt Carpenter, okay matchup here. I think there's better first basemen, but I do think that Matt Carpenter's in play almost every day, and 
You mentioned Jerko. I love playing this guy. I play him more than the whole industry combined, I think. Probably not that much, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, want, I, want, I want to play him more than everybody. Um, the Arizona side, like I don't mind Peralta and Lamb as one-offs against a, a pitcher. Their price is up. So nobody's going to pay up for him. And, you know, we, we've already mentioned Martinez struggles against lefties. So getting Jake Lamb at 4,500, he's been over 5K for, you know, three, four weeks. So, you know, you're getting a nice discount on Lamb here against Martinez. Yeah, I, I'm quite interested in Lamb as a one-off. Um, Martinez, he still has, you know, decent strikeouts against lefties, but he, he's not nearly the same pitcher and he'll give up a lot of hard hits. Uh, and his ground balls are just okay rather than really good. So, um, Anytime I can get a hitter like Lamb against a righty at home and he's not going to be popular, I'd, I'm very interested. And, like, you know, I just made an argument for Jerko. I'm definitely finding the $200 on DraftKings and playing Lamb over Jerko. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. So th- that argument I made is so out the window. Angels, Dodgers, Jesse Chavez, Kentai Maeda. Um, nine total here in LA. This game. Going on right now as we go, as far as the Monday night game goes, um, any interest in either one of these pitchers? No, I have interest in someone putting me in charge of handling the Dodgers rotation because what is going on? Like, they don't know who's pitching for them. Is, is he in the bullpen? Is he a starter? Is he going to pitch three innings? Is he pitch seven? Just like, what in the world? Um, but no, you, you can't use a pitcher in this game. Is Alex Wood going to throw 40 pitches? Is he going to throw 80? Is Rich Hill going to get out of the fifth inning? <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. Oh, man. You want to talk about a team that just absolutely tilts me when it comes to pitching. Hitting is easy. Like, hitting for me on the Angel or the Dodgers is completely easy. Like, you know, Justin Turner is extremely hot. Bellinger has just been phenomenal. Like, Jock is starting to warm up. Grandal is in play. Like, the Dodgers' bats for me are always easy. Oh, yeah. I mean – it's um, it's a pretty good matchup for them because you know, Chavez, Chavez is an okay pitcher, um, but he's getting hit harder by righties this year, and he's basically just kind of neutral against lefties. And the Dodgers lefties, you can just play against almost any righty, certainly what you would call an average righty. Um, Bellinger for sure, Seager if he's back, Grandall, Peterson, Utley where he's cheap, and then. Because Chavez gets hit hard by righties and Turner's hitting well and hits well against righties, he's a really good play. I don't even mind Forsyth or Puig, depending on how the lineup shakes out. Um, I like almost all of these bets. Yeah, Puig is always a guy that I've kind of been forgetting about this season, and he's hitting right-handed pitching really well. Um, you know, you mentioned Chavez, uh, 385 Woba against righties. Only a 12% soft contact rate, so a 40% hard contact rate, 48% medium hard, like medium contact. Like everything this guy's throwing to right, he's just getting smashed. And we get a team, yeah, even giving up, he's given up 14 home runs and 45 innings to righties this season. Like Turner is like a premium play on this slate. And with third base as loaded as it is, he's going to kind of be under the radar at his extremely high price tag. So I really like Turner. Um, like, yeah, you're going to see people just kind of debate, like, am I going to pay more for Turner than Jake Lamb? And most people are going to say no. And um, I love this spot for him. I'm glad you brought him up. Um, really good spot here. As far as the Angels bats go, like, you couldn't pay me to pay the, play any of the Angels bats right now. No. Uh, I mean, Maeda is, again, 
no one can decide if he's supposed to pitch or when or how much, but he's absolutely fantastic against righties. Like he's, he's almost like a super elite pitcher against righties and he's, he's fine against lefties. Like he's a pretty good pitcher and then their bullpen's good and the angels aren't good. Um, I just, uh, yeah, <laughs> skip it. Skip it is how I'm going to approach it. Atlanta at San Diego, Sean Newcomb against uh, Chassine. Newcomb, um, I think it's actually a pretty good spot for him. It's been waiting for another good spot for him. This is a highly touted prospect with a bunch of strikeout upside. Uh, what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think he's very usable. Um, you know, his first start up, he looked pretty good um and then he didn't do and i think people probably kind of forgot about him he he'll, they'll notice it because it's in san diego um but you look at the minor league numbers like this is a you know 30 percent strikeout guy uh, going against a high strikeout team in a good ballpark um quite interested yeah uh, you mentioned everything that i wanted to bring up so um Chassine is always really interesting when he faces like right-handed heavy teams uh, we look at the Braves, and we're probably going to see four or five lefties in here. Any interest in Chassin? Um, yeah, it's another one. Y you really need to see the lineup yeah. before you decide how much you like him. These the splits are are just crazy, um, and they I think they're real. I mean, they were this almost this extreme last year. Like he's a a great pitcher. It's weird to say the word great and Chassin. He's a great pitcher against righties. And he's just like about as good as me against lefties. It's it's really weird. Uh, not that I'm not decent against lefties, but if for some reason the lineup is righty heavy, I would be quite interested. But I would assume that it won't be. And you'd see, you know, NCRA, Marcakis, Adams at least is enough to make it a little tough on him. The problem is, um, you know, I've done plenty of digging in Chassin um, to try to find out why he struggles against lefties, and it's his slider um, against left-handed bats, 8% swinging strike rate, and he throws it 21% of the time. Against righties, he throws it 46% of the time. He has a 22% strike or a swinging strike rate with it. So the slider is an excellent pitch. It's just, I guess, breaking back towards the left-handed hitters are just able to see it better, which makes perfectly good sense, and he's just – not able to get swinging strikes with his curveball and, you know, fastballs against the lefties. And that's why he just gets mashed by left-handed bats. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I think we've seen enough. Um, that's, we've seen enough from him. It's not just a, a couple start sample size that he's good against righties and not against lefties. So you have to take that into account. Um, any bats in this game? Sort of. Um, like this is a game that'll just be ignored. And, you know, you were talking about just and the lefties. I think you can play Matt Adams. Uh, it's, it's tough to use a first base slot on him, but he's hitting the ball. Great. Um, and I think you can use Will Myers again. Do you really want to use a first base slot on this game? Probably not, but those are really good hitters that will be like, you know, 1% owned. Um, and I do. I just like both of their skill sets. Hunter Renfro, another game, another name I want to throw in there. Um, still small sample sizes, but this guy is just smashing left-handed pitching. Um, ever since getting called up last year, he's just been phenomenal against lefties. He's in a little bit of a slump, so maybe this is a spot where you know he gets to face a lefty, and the numbers will 
you know, or a lefty will help him get back there. And, you know, you get a young pitcher against a young hitter. And I always, I always like the young hitter in that, you know, in that aspect, because, you know, these are guys that might have even seen each other in the minors before. So I like Renfro as well, but outside of that, I agree with you. We move on Philadelphia at Seattle, Aaron Nola against James Paxson, eight and a half total here. Like I like Aaron Nola. He's a guy that I love to play when we're facing really right-handed heavy teams. I wrote him up in his last start where he faced seven righties and good job Cardinals. We really appreciate you throwing eight right-handed bats against Aaron Nola last start. That was just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, a fan of Nola and uh, I, I had, I was, I had a hundred percent of him in that last start when, when was joke, right? that was just <laughs> silly. Um, but this is not a, a good matchup for him. Um, I'll probably just wait till till next start, and actually, I'll I'll hope that he gets beat up this start, so people ignore him next time. I mean, he is cheap enough on on DraftKings. I don't think it's crazy to use him, um, but there, there's a lot of good pitching, and, and it's not not the ideal spot for him. Yeah, if for some reason, if Cano and Seager got the day off, and we get this like. If the lefties are like Dyson and Gamble and we see like six or seven righties, then like if the lineup plays out where you can play Aaron Nola, this would be a phenomenal, you know, price tag. So it would just all depend on, you know, the lineup. But, you know, I don't – Seattle didn't play on Monday, so I doubt we're going to see these guys rest on Tuesday. So, yeah. Let's talk James Paxton. Um, he's going to be popular. This is Safeco. He's a guy that has a massive strikeout rate, and he has a matchup against Philadelphia. Uh, what's your thoughts here on Paxton? Yeah, I mean it. It does. It jumps off the page um, on DraftKings at that salary against the Phillies. I'm sort of torn on if I'm willing to say he's just safe and good to go because after a couple questionable starts, his velocity was back to normal for one start last game. I think it's probably fine. Like it's, I was worried. I don't know if you had talked about this for his last start when his velocity was down, he'd gotten hit a couple of times and with his injury history, that's something to be worried about. But if he has even just one start where the velocity's fine, I guess I think he's fine. Um, but that being said, I'm not just totally sure that he's fine. Um, this is a guy who has been hurt so much in his career and it's been up and down. Um, and he's going to be, like you say, he's going to be so popular. I like, I want to find a reason not to use him. Um, but I still do like him. Yeah. Like, like look at his last four games. He's gone through a rough stretch too. He had a pitch against Minnesota. He had against the blue Jays at Texas where that day it was like a hundred degrees and against Detroit, you know, right-handed heavy team. Like, he is, um, you know, he's foaming at the mouth to get a matchup with Philadelphia here. Like, he is – this is finally the spot where maybe his ownership gets a little lowered because we have so many pitchers on this slate and, you know, he's been bad. Like, hopefully, um, like you, I want to find a reason not to play him, but I know I'm going to play him. Uh, the strikeout upside's there. We get a nice price discount, like, there's going to be stacks that I'm going to want to roll out that I'm not going to be able to play Scherzer Severino. And I'm going to resort resort to playing like a Paxton name to be mentioned next game. <laughs> Matt Cain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there's no way I'm not going to have some shares of Paxton. Um, he's just too cheap, but I don't want to go all in on the guy. Um, it's not like he's just some super lockdown 
ace. This is not Max Scherzer we're talking about. It's a a pitcher with a lot of talent who maybe he's going through a rough stretch that there's something to it. Uh, I think he's fine, and I think he's underpriced. But I think he's going to be more popular than I want him to be. I'm going to try. I'm going to look at Chris Domino's ownership percentage tomorrow. If he's around 20, 25%, I'm probably just going to match the field and call it a day. That sounds reasonable. Um, any bats from either side here? Um, you could play Cano and Seeger. Uh, I mean, Nola's a, a pretty big splits guy, but he's not bad against lefties. Um, he still limits the hard contact with average strikeouts. I will probably just not have a single bat from this game. It's kind of where I'm at. Um, I wanted to pull up really quick to see. Oh, Ben Gamble's day-to-day. That was the guy that I was kind of wanting to play. Groin injury. Yeah, I'll pass. Uh, ben Gamble's a really good hitter. Um, he's just a guy that I love playing that nobody likes to play. Like He was a part of that trade where you know he's from the Yankees organization. High prospect, so. We move on. Last game of the night, Colorado at San Francisco. Jeff Hoffman against Matt Cain. I know you've been dying to talk about Matt Cain. Yeah. Um, I assume this is your, your lock play. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, Matt Cain is terrible, uh, even in this ballpark. But um, I'll let you talk about Hoffman first because I, I know you, you like him. Yeah, I love Matt. I, I love this guy. Like, I absolutely love Jeff Hoffman. Um, you know, people give this guy a bad rap. You know, he pitched with the Rockies and – Pitching in Coors Field sucks. You can't throw your breaking stuff to get good movement out of the stuff. This is a first-round draft pick, high-talented prospect, throws the ball extremely hard. Like, he has great stuff. It's just when it's at Coors Field, it's just not going to work. We look at his road numbers, and they're phenomenal. Uh, small sample sizes. but And you just look at the Giants' offense, and I, I, I seriously think I could go out and throw five innings against the Giants and give up maybe less than three run runs. Uh, yeah, you probably could. Um, it would Brandon hurt Bell like hell. Get it like would hurt so game. bad. Yeah, you're you're a righty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still yeah, have a torn rotator cuff. It would definitely pitch hurt around me. pitch around the Brandons a little bit, but you'd be fine. Um, so yeah, Hoffman. For me, I it it looks weird on all sides with the strikeouts with Hoffman. Like he's definitely a very good pitcher. And but the like the strikeouts we've seen on the road, I still think are a little extreme, and the low strikeouts we've seen at home, I think are a little extreme on that side. Yeah, I kind of I expect him to be a good, you know, for this year, the rest of this year, I expect him more in that twenty-two percent strikeout range, maybe. That's fair. Fine, um, especially since his stuff overall is good, um, and against the Giants in this ballpark, I mean, yeah. Um, He's he's a little pricey, uh, which is probably a good thing. Like I was a little surprised to see him at I think he's eighty one hundred. I was so happy DraftKings, but that's that's going to keep his ownership so yeah. far down that it makes me like him more. Um, if he was like sixty five hundred, he'd be the big chalk play. So that's one of those things you just have to say. Maybe he's a little bit overpriced, but that's a good thing if you really like him. That's I was super excited to see his price. Um, you know, like you pretty much just nailed what I wanted to talk about. So, like, 
you know, if if we would open DraftKings today, like FanDuel, it doesn't matter. It's a one pitcher site. You know, it doesn't matter that he is seventy four hundred on FanDuel because, you know, we we've talked about ten guys that could potentially go out and have massive games today. So, like FanDuel, it doesn't matter because you can only play one of these guys. But when you pull up DraftKings and you're looking and you're like, you know, the ultra chalk is probably going to be Paxton at six hundred dollars more. Hoffman is priced overpriced. He's overpriced. You know, there's no reason Jeff Hoffman, you know, this year, like the game against the Cubs, against the Padres, he showed, you know, what he could do kind of, you know, upside wise. And like, he's probably a 72, $7,500 pitcher. And like seeing him overpriced just made me so excited for tournaments tomorrow um, or today, if you're listening to the podcast in the morning. So I I like him a lot. Um, He's going to be a guy that, you know, I'm probably looking at about 50% in tournament lineups today. So, and that's pretty high because, you know, I love this slate. So I'm going to probably play a bunch of lineups. So like, I, I like Hoffman a lot. I love the fact that he's overpriced. Yeah, I, I think we're on the same page. I mean, I, I don't like him as much as you do because um, that would be impossible, but I like him. <laughs> I like him quite a bit. Um, and another thing to mention, like, you know, I talk about it all the time, you know, as a former pitcher, like, I love targeting pitchers that are going to be pitching with a lead. And, you know, that's obviously not something that you can predict. But, but you can against Matt Cain. <laughs> but you look at it and, like, when you have a guy on the other side as Matt Cain who just can't strike anybody out and, you know, the kind of the bat that's been the hole in the Rockies lineup went on the DL. Like, Cargo has been the, the hole that's been kind of just whiffing at everything. So, like – I just I think Hoffman's going to pitch with a lead. You know, there's other guys like Scherzer. I think he'll pitch with a lead. You know, there's guys that are going to pitch with leads. And I just being a pitcher, you're just more comfortable pitching with a lead, and you can attack the game a completely different way. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. I am not a pitcher, but I I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's standing out to you here against Kane? Oh, hey, I, just for fun, I didn't even know this would be a number like this. I pulled up BVP because that's the thing people like. You can't <laughs> use Nolan Arenado. I won't allow it. He's hitting 148 against Matt Cain. I will still play Nolan Arenado. I will not allow it. Um, I will allow it, actually. He's a great play. Um, I'm a firm believer in BVP, and I will play <laughs> Blackman, Arenado, all these guys that have kind of struggled. Um, yeah, I mean, it is tough playing – against Kane in this ballpark because you really want the home runs and it, it it's tough to hit home runs here, but I still expect Arenado and Blackman to hit them. And I don't even mind like a Mark Reynolds or something like that. Uh, Kane just isn't good anymore. You get a nice little discount on DJ LeMahieu too, 3,700 over on DraftKings on under 4k. He's not a guy you're playing for home runs anyway. So, you know, a shot in the triples alley and he's right up to value um, really quick. So I, I like DJ LeMahieu. He's pretty Pretty underpriced there at 3700 Yeah, he's the kind of guy that I will f- put in in mini stacks if I'm using a Blackman or an Arenado. Yep. And second base is kind of a sketchy position sometimes. He's a good guy to put in there just for, you know, a little mini stack because he's a very good hitter, still, still underappreciated somehow. All right, well, that's it, man. We got all 15 games through it pretty quick. Um, as a, And pretty quick, I mean right at an hour, which is always good. We're going to play some home run derby. No Coors Field, so you don't have to worry about anything like that. And um, you're the guest, so I'll let you go first. Uh, man, there's just so many games. Like, there's wow. <laughs> like, where do you even start? Um, are we supposed to start obvious? I, I always try to go contrarian. I play like one really chalky, and then like two super contrarian. 
Yeah. Um, you know what? Let's do. Let's go with uh, something a little funky and go with Ryan Healy. I like that one. Super on your own with a ton of upside. I like that a lot. Um, a guy that we talked about way like an hour ago, um, Steven Souza is a guy that I really like for a home run today. I even know it's a tougher ballpark, but um, I think this is a really, really solid matchup. And I'm going to go with the BVP on my snake pick here, and I'm going to go with Salvador Perez against Justin Verlander. Uh, I mean – that that's like not even fair. Dave, I, mean, I can't have you on that. I can't have you on a podcast and not take a BVP pick. That's right. Um, and then I'll I'll take a great hitter against a good pitcher, and I'll go with Jake Lamb. Love it. And then you get one more, and then we're out of here. Um, boy, there's scares going to be some home runs all over the place. Um, we'll go a little funky again. Um, well, no. We won't go too funky. I think we're going to go somebody from the Blue Jays. Could be almost any one of them. Um, let's go with Smoke. All right. Well, I was going to take Smoke. That was the other guy I had written down. So since you took Smoke, I'm going to take Morales. Yeah. That's, it's going to be one of them or both. <laughs> well, I hope it's both of them. Like, I always like playing this guy's in arcade mode. But anyway, any final thoughts before we get out of here, my friend? No, it's a good one. I'm glad we got to do this uh, podcast, and um, I'm glad there was some BVP to talk about. You know, <laughs> keeping it real for the people. So, oh yeah. man, you kill me, dude. You kill me. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, I, I know you're in the premium section of uh, Roto Grinders. Um, you write the the massive write up. Um, which days? Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, and then JM and I split Thursdays. All right. And then uh, same days for the expert survey, right? Yeah. So I'll be on those usually Monday through Wednesday um, and some of the Thursdays. And then um, usually like I don't usually write on the weekends. I'll usually have um, like one of the premium lineup builder shows on a Friday. So you can get my Friday thoughts as well. Usually on there. There you go. So make sure you guys are checking out the premium product here at Rotor Grinders. It is a fantastic thing. That's going to do it here for the Tuesday edition. Um, if you haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you guys go over there, check them out, playdraft.com backslash grinders, best deposit bonus in the industry. Check them out now. We'll be back tomorrow. Notorious will be joining us as always on Wednesday. Good luck in your contest tonight, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow. Hey, what's up, Roto Grinders? Chris Cimino here, and it's time for you to get an edge on your DFS competition with our daily ownership projections for DraftKings and FanDuel, available now to our premium subscribers. We're constantly evaluating our projections and updating all the way up through lineup lock to ensure you have the best possible information in crunch time. Our team covers NFL, NBA, MLB, and PGA for all main slate action. If you don't have this, you are missing out. Subscribe to Roto Grinders Premium today to get access to our premium ownership projections and to our award-winning premium content. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. 
pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. 